You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. Locked On NHL is our daily podcast, and it has everything that you need to know about free agency. We've got trades. Some of them are silly trades. We've got the Seattle Kraken. There's a lot of news as far as character around the NHL, and you can find it all on Locked On NHL. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. We haven't played a game yet, but the word is already out that we've got some you know, crazy passionate fans, and uh, we can't wait to start playing hockey in front of them. You are locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, hockey fans? We are here to talk about the Seattle Kraken, as we always are on Locked on Kraken. You may recall that I told you that in August we're going to switch up and we're only going to be doing three three shows a week. This week we did Monday, we're going to do Thursday and Friday. So happy Thursday, everyone. Thanks for listening on your way to work on your way home, while you're shopping, while you're doing your workout, or anything in between. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're happy. I hope you're healthy. And I am excited to talk about some Seattle Kraken news. Now, as usual, what I'm going to do on the show is let you hear from one of our newest players. But first, I want to actually promo a conversation that I heard on Locked on NHL. And they were talking about some of the deals that the Seattle Kraken made in the expansion draft. Now, these guys over at Locked on NHL, uh, you know, they didn't really like the Seattle Kraken picks. And one of the things that stood out to me in some of the assessment was that they just thought they were bad deals to only then trade some of those pieces anyway. I think that from someone who's covering the Seattle Kraken and from someone who hears Ron Francis talk a lot, I don't think he liked what he was getting. And he's actually said this, right? He didn't like the value uh, that was being provided or proposed. And... You know, people are like, oh, well, why couldn't he get it done? Well, I think that a lot of teams thought that they had the upper hand because now they kind of know the deal. They know they can uh, tack up the price. But one thing that we know is that Ron Francis, if I had to guess, he probably had a specific number in mind. And he was getting his team to get under that number um, or to meet that number of salary cap left. Now, why that particular number, what moves he wants to make, I'm not really sure. But um, I didn't think it was great as far as did they take the best player from uh, the lists available? No. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not the most valuable or won't be more valuable down the road. Now, I think it's worth listening to Locked on NHL because they did point out some of the deals that just didn't work. So I'm actually going to send us over there right now. Um. 
by the way, we have not spoken. We do the Tuesday episode, obviously. So we last spoke before free agency. And I know we've tackled it several times on the podcast since then. Um, you got one signing or move that comes to mind immediately is like the most interesting thing that happened in the last six days, seven days since we spoke last. Oh, um, I mean, Philip Grubauer signing in Seattle is something I didn't see coming. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I are they doing? I mean, you, they, wait, they, real quick. Sorry. I'm sorry to jump in here, but this was, this was driving me crazy the other day that you, you decided that you didn't want to pay Carrie Price $10 million, but you're perfectly okay paying Philip Grubauer and Chris Dreger $9.5 million. Like, I actually think Grubauer in the last three years, just on production, not including the playoffs, which does matter here. I'm not saying it doesn't, but in the regular season, Grubauer's been the better goaltender. It's not even really close. But price, I mean, the the star power, the marketing, like if you were going to give $10 million to, to goaltending, why didn't you just sign? Why didn't you just pick Carey price? That's what, that was my thought when I saw that. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I think it's, I probably would go for the tandem of Drieger and Philip Grubauer. I mean, it's, it's easier to pay two guys than to have to pay one guy you know, that type of price, right? Because now you're going to have to go and get a backup, and that could also still be expensive because they were going to bring in Dreger anyways. But I, I understand where you're coming from here. I get it. That just didn't seem to be what Seattle wanted to do. But there were a couple of things that happened over the last week, and let's just get into this conversation, actually, because this has actually been percolating in my mind, too. Some of the missteps now that that we can look back that Seattle did, I mean, take a look at some of the trades that were made after the expansion draft. I mean, they really screwed up when they took, and speaking of goaltenders, they took Vitek Vanacek <laughs> from the yeah. Washington Capitals. But what they left on the board was Brendan Dillon. Brendan mm-hmm. Dillon, a few days later, was dealt from Washington to Winnipeg for two second round picks. Yep. That's brutal. And then straight up brutal. And then a day later, Seattle trades Vitek Vanacek to back to Washington for a third. So they could have had, if they would have just kept, you know, would have just selected Dylan instead of Vanacek, they could have picked up two seconds. Instead, they, they made the wrong decision. They went with Vanacek, thought there'd be a better value out there for trading goaltending prospects. Turns out that wasn't the case. There was a lot in free agency that uh, that you could have went out and got, didn't have to give up any any premium assets like draft picks for, and they get burned. Instead of having two seconds, now that's settled for one third. And there was a couple other deals that were kind of like that as well. I mean, you take a look mm-hmm. again, leaving uh, Jacob Voracek, not taking Voracek, and he gets dealt for Cam Atkinson. Well, I'm, I would rather Cam Atkinson over Carson Tornisky or whatever the heck his name is. They thought that that was an untradeable contract. Clearly it was not. They got a decent asset uh, the Philadelphia Flyers did in cam atkinson and i would much rather that if i was the the seattle kraken so there was a couple of moves there that over the course of the week as the guys who were um left unprotected that seattle didn't claim due to salary cap implications or whatever that got dealt for a much better return and then they just didn't capitalize the way that you know they could have if they would have selected the players properly yeah uh, I think they did a pretty poor job also with a lot of asset management. You really could just look at the fact they made no side deals. I mean, nothing. Nope. I'm not saying you had to get the same value Vegas got. Well, you but, do have to have a partner though, right? Like you do have to have a partner. Like, let's, but, let's, you, let's, but really you couldn't find one. Like, I don't know. That seemed hard not. to believe. 
Uh, apparently not. And now, granted, the apparently the the asking price was really high to right. make side deals, which again, I guess you you probably should have softened on it. But it goes back to, do you really want to be known as a pushover? Like you have a price. And as well, a respect factor, <laughs> you stick to your guns and you try and, and get that price. Two, two other notes on Seattle real quick before we move on. Um, I thought it was funny that they drafted uh, Gavin Bayreuther from the Blue Jackets. And then a week later, he re-signed back in Columbus. Yeah. Um, and Seattle had that UFA window before everybody else. So you would have thought, oh, maybe we have a good idea. He He's not just going to spurn us and go back to Columbus. But he did. Um, yeah. That well, was not a good look. But. No, that was awful. And that was another, you know, scenario where they had some better options in Columbus, right. where it was a head scratch that they didn't take them, like a defenseman, like uh, like Gavrikov or or Dean Kukan, somebody who actually had some value to them um, that could actually play in the NHL. And they opted to go for Gavin Bayrother, who was not really an NHLer. He's a tweener, I would say, and a, a pending UFA. And turns out he was willing to go back. So they didn't end up getting any type of asset right. at all out of Columbus where they had some legitimate options to select. So yeah, multiple, I think, missteps there for, for Seattle. And, and the other thing I read was they, the, the Grubauer signing kind of came about in that they thought they were getting Gabriel Landeskog. They really thought they were going to land Landeskog and they oh, did really? not think he was going to land in Colorado. And then he did. And I think, by the way, it would show they, they thought Colorado was going to put their chips in on Grubauer and not Landeskog. And then when Colorado signed Landeskog, they just kind of went, all right, well, we still got all this cap money. We could go give it to Grubauer because Colorado can't match us on both of them. So they just decided to go, well, we'll just do that. And so I don't know that Grubauer was really in their plan. I think maybe they just adjusted. They, they adapted after Landis Cog returned to Colorado, um, which I guess is fine. You know, like you got to use your cap on something. I, I don't like the idea of spending that much on goaltending. Um, also, poor Chris Dreger, right? I mean, I have to imagine he thought he was the starter when he signed there. Well, I even told you, I think it was the last show we did where, or maybe it was like heading into the the draft where I wasn't so sure. Like you thought that Drieger, the contract he signed meant that that was, he, that was it. He was going to be the starter and that that right. probably negated a, a carry price being selected there. And I said, I don't, I don't know about that. Like he, he hasn't really earned his stripes in the NHL to say, Hey, I'm a clear cut starter. So right. bringing in somebody like a Grubauer or, you know, like a carry price, who obviously they waved on, but someone like Grubauer to go along with him, I think was a smart call. So I, you know, I, I, the That's man's fair. also making three and a half million dollars. I, I don't think <laughs> I'm going to get it here for, uh, for, for Chris Drieger. No, that's fair because he also was like an ECHL goaltender like two years ago um, yeah, or three years I, ago. Yeah, so no, you're right. I, I, I don't feel that bad for him. Um, and you do make a good point. Like you did say last week, like it didn't take them out of the price running and they showed their hand or they proved it that this week that, you know, price was already out the window, but they didn't feel entitled to give Dreger the, the number one job. He'll still play games, no doubt at three and a half million, but they're going to have a good one, a one B system. I think they're in that. Let's talk about bet online because it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We've got baseball in full swing. It's silly season as Trey over at locked on devil says, but you can still look at the odds for the Stanley cup final 2022 and 
figure out where the Seattle Kraken are going to be. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online. You can use your mobile device, you can use your laptop, whatever you got, and check out all the greatest sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website, and again, you can use your mobile device, your laptop, your desktop, whatever you got, dial into AOL, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. What I will also say is that um, regarding this specific episode, although I did want to call your attention to the piece about the Seattle Kraken, if you listen to the entire show, you might have heard also that Joe and Mike talk about Evander Kane. I have alluded to it here, and the one thing I said about that situation is that I'm glad that I have no obligation to speak about that. And although I was saying it kind of just to be proud and honored to be covering the Seattle Kraken, that was, uh, you know, my Trouble in Paradise episode, while I was kind of joking around, the truth is that I don't want to talk about Evander Kane. Uh, one, because I don't have all of the information. Uh, two, because the allegations, aside from the gambling and the implications to the National Hockey League, although that appears to be the only thing that the National Hockey League is going to actually investigate, that's a whole nother story. But um, there are some implications for the family dynamic and family structure between two adults that have children. And I don't know how many times I've said this on this particular podcast, but I worked in the nonprofit space and my job was to promote good policy that kept children safe. So I worked with social services. I worked with educators. I worked with pediatricians and I even worked with law enforcement to create as much of a safe space as possible. And the best way to create a safe space for children is for the adults to get on the same page. So at minimum, and this is very broad ass strokes that I'm giving you right now, at minimum, Evander Kane and his wife Anna are not on the same page. And that creates problems for the children in proximity. So honestly, that's all I really want to say about that. I will say that I did reach out to Joe and Mike and the rest of the people in the Locked On NHL network, and I just want us to be thoughtful and mindful on how we talk about situations that, again, at minimum, deal with children and their well-being. I also know that there are a lot of things in just bringing up Evander Kane that will be trigger warnings. I tried to leave that for people in the show notes. Um, that's something that I'm learning to do, to be honest, and to be more thoughtful and mindful because unfortunately we have a society where women aren't believed and men get the benefit of the doubt. I mean, hello, I live in New York State. We're literally seeing that we have a governor who believes that it's ridiculous that he is being... Uh, brought up uh, on allegations of harassment by touching people's faces and his evidence to why it's okay is, oh, well, I touch everyone's face. And here is a slideshow of me touching people's faces. Now, I guess the governor doesn't understand the law that he helped pass 
when it comes to sexual harassment and the idea of making people uncomfortable. And that's associated, of course, with consent. So just a few things swirling in my head, but I wanted to bring that up because I do like the conversation that Joe and Mike had about the Seattle Kraken. I didn't like the conversation that they had about Evander Kane. And I just wanted to offer that to my listenership. But you know what? People are going to have different takes. People are going to have differences of opinion. For me, omitting or even some of the things that were said um, go a little bit beyond having a difference of opinion. And I want us to always at Locked On NHL and certainly here at Locked On Kraken be as mindful of creating a safe and welcoming space as possible. So thank you for that. I want you to continue to support um, other shows because I think we all do a great job. But coming up next, I actually want to take you over to Locked on Sharks. And as a transition from this conversation, I want to just give some stick taps to the guys over there and how they handled a situation that they, yes, will likely have to talk about on their podcast. I am working crazy hours because of the Olympics, but when I work on the Olympics, especially in week two, which is where we're at now, I like to snack like a champion, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Let's go, United States. But did you know that you can get these amazing flavors, mint brownie, orange cookies and cream, cherry barcia, raspberry. It's fantastic. My favorite of these, of the originals, is probably double chocolate. I just love chocolate. And all the Built Bars are dipped in chocolate while remaining about 17 to 18 grams of protein and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. It's amazing flavor and it's all tasty and it's all healthy. So if you want to snack like me or the U.S. track and field team, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Really wanted to give some stick taps to Kyle, Eric, and JD over at Locked On Sharks. Um, I thought they did a great job um, addressing the issue head on, setting their parameters for their podcast, and then getting to that hockey. So I'm going to play you a clip from that episode, and you can check out the show notes, uh, and please consider subscribing to Locked On NHL and Locked On Sharks. So we're going to talk jerseys and logos, because somebody asked us that question, but first, off the top, we are aware of everything that's going on with Evander Kane and the allegations against him. Obviously, we it's not our place to surmise what happened or what will happen. That's wholly unfair to everybody. Obviously, we believe, due to the track record of what's going on, that there's probably a lot of real involvement here, and, and these are probably not just fake, made-up claims, but... We don't want to talk about the hockey implications. That feels wrong. There's real life important things that need to happen. And there's bigger issues than just, oh, there's a hockey player in the Sharks that might be in trouble. We need to talk about what it would be like if he's not on the team anymore. So we're not going to do that. We're not going to talk hockey. And again, there's national writers and there's people doing deep dives and have sources and we'll be able to tell a better story than we will. Not story, but we'll be able to report on this better than we will. So we're not going to be talking 
about Evander Kane, you can check out our personal sack profiles on Twitter if you want more in-depth about how we feel personally. But as a show, we're just going to leave it to the national stuff, and we're not going to be talking about the hockey implications until September or October, if anything Never, happens. It's, they're actually decided, so yeah. Yeah, so we're not, we're not going to do that. So that's that for now. And finally, just to kind of put a nice bow on this, I want to take you back to Locked on NHL. And uh, I loved what Jess did. I um, should have really just snagged her Built Bar uh, read because now we're going to get another one. But uh, (laughs) I wanted you again just to hear different ways to talk about the same thing. And I do think it is important, although this is not specific at all, like at all, to the Seattle Kraken. I come from the women's hockey space and the women's hockey space has a lot to learn about a lot of things as we all do, but I'm going to be thoughtful and I'm going to be mindful about how I talk about certain topics on this show. And I know that not everyone shares my opinion, which is fine, but I hope that people can respect and find their own path when it comes to being respectful. So just giving and laying out a few different ways to talk about the same issue and to kind of give you a sense of where I hope to fall if and when this ever comes a little bit more close to Seattle Kraken news proper. Um, that being said, I don't, I hope no one took my humor on the last episode as being dismissive of the issue. I do feel it's very. It's a very strong, a very important issue. And as the guys on Locked on Sharks said, if you want my real opinion, you can make sure to follow me on social media. Check out the description if you don't know that already. And I'll probably say it at the end of the podcast as well, so you can listen in there as well. But um, yeah, I definitely have opinions. I feel like my stance on this has been pretty consistent um, for a long time. So feel free to check that out. Evander Kane is back at it again in the headlines with some not so great allegations and his wife soon to be ex-wife Anna went on her Instagram story and made allegations that her husband was betting on hockey and he was playing uh compromise in compromising games for gambling purposes um what there's so much to this story uh what was your initial reaction uh disappointment i'll say um i disappointment but also not surprised i we all knew the kind of person evander kane was Mm -hmm. for years you know he had he always having money problems always with this egotistical attitude uh someone who grew up as Sharks fan, I could tell you that uh, I was really hoping the Sharks would turn him around and kind of make him a better person. And when this came out, I'm just like, this proves otherwise. And just It's quite unfortunate, honestly. Like, you never want to see this happen to anybody. But he has a wife who's pregnant with their second child and a little girl at home. And I my heart goes out to them because um you know there's apparently a lot going on with his bankruptcy issues and things like that so and it's making her hard making it hard on her to access the money I believe so it's just you know it's a bit unfortunate but I do hope 
that the league has done something to reach out to her and kind of make her life a little easier on top of their investigation, which is happening. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, if any, if, if not the league, at least, I mean, definitely the San Jose Sharks. I mean, oh, yeah. they, they've been, you know, they've been, you know, in San Jose for a while and like the Sharks should be that organization to reach out and help. They, they realize what's going on. And so, and obviously I would assume they'd have the money to, to be able to help <laughs> right. out in any way possible. Yeah. And, you know, I know that everybody is like hyper fixated on like this investigation that the league is going to do. And we'll touch on that in just a minute. But uh, just the fact that she's in this position, she's pregnant, he's over in Europe gambling and partying and whatnot. And the Sharks' wives seem like a good group of people. I'm sure that they've extended a hand. I'm sure they have. Um, and yeah, and I, I really think that, like, if this was, like, you know, any team, like, the, I think, the, you know, the wives of players or the team itself, whatever, like, that's, a, that's, a just, a, that's just a really sad thing. It's like, you don't want to see anyone go through right. the struggle that Anna Kane's going through. Exactly. And, you know, the league did put out a statement, like, very, very quickly saying that they would be conducting um, an independent investigation into these allegations. And everybody was kind of (laughs) laughing at it because, you know, with the Chicago Blackhawks allegations that have been floating around and are being brought to civil court, um, they haven't said a single thing. They haven't. And I think that's what's un- that's what's getting a lot of people upset um, because the league won't look into those allegations, but they will look into gambling a- allegations because it, quote, uh, harms the integrity of the game, which, I mean, yes, gambling does, but also the Blackhawks are doing like really like. Right. There's it, there's a lot more being harmed allegedly than the integrity of hockey with that situation but coming up next we are actually going to be talking about Chicago but this time Jonathan Taves and what his future looks like for hello everyone it's Jess here just jumping in to remind you all to make sure to check out Bet Online AG for all your sports betting needs. And don't be like a Vander Kane and allegedly bet on your own games. You can avoid that by, um, I'm assuming you're not an NHL player listening to this. But of course, you can bet on multiple different things, not just hockey. There's baseball, basketball, football, and of course, uh, the Olympics. All right, Seattle fans. So I took you around locked on NHL to give you a different perspective. I thought it was a great conversation that the guys were having about the Seattle Kraken offseason. I didn't agree with everything, but I'm I'm open. I'm here for differences of opinions. I also though because locked on NHL, two of the shows talked about Evander Kane. I kind of wanted to impart my opinion and how I will handle such topics because they are not uh, new to the National Hockey League. 
the gambling perhaps and the implications and allegations there. But I think there's also other implications for Evander's family and just at minimum at the exchange online that Evander and Anna have been having. It's just bad. You know, I feel bad for all people involved. I don't know the situation, but I hope they get the help that they need, particularly for the sake of the children involved. Um, anyway, uh, so it was a bit of a different episode in that regard. Again, we're going to be three weeks, or excuse me, we're going to be three days a week starting in August. So tomorrow, I am going to get us up to speed because there have been some free agent signings. And then next week, I've been holding off on this interview, but next week, I want you to hear from one of the people that is behind women's hockey, women's pro hockey to Seattle. I can't tell you enough about this organization. And I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Cindy Daly as much as I enjoyed recording it. We're going to talk about the growth of girls and women's hockey in the Seattle area. And newsflash, women and girls in hockey in the Seattle area go all the way back to the Seattle Metropolitans. So I'm going to do a deeper dive, really get you square for that conversation with Cindy Daly. That will be next week on Locked on Kraken. Tomorrow, we're going to discuss Connor Carrick. Got that news late here on the East Coast. I want to say it was about 8 o'clock that we got the um, news of the Seattle Kraken agreeing to terms with Alexander True. And then we also got word that they came to terms with defenseman Connor Carrick, who comes over from the New Jersey Devils. We're going to talk about that tomorrow on Locked on Kraken. Until then, I hope that you continue to listen right where you're listening, your favorite podcast app or whatever you got going on. Thank you for listening to Locked on Kraken. Please follow at Locked on Kraken. You can also follow me at elindsay08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. Zero eight. Until tomorrow, this is your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala of Locked on Kraken, signing out. Betting on the National Hockey League doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.